before I decided to DJ full time, there was a couple of things that happened. But one of the things that I saw was I saw a video on YouTube. And they were interviewing people on um, their deathbeds. And they asked everybody, what do they regret in life? And none of them said anything that they did. Everybody said something they didn't do. Every single fucking person on their deathbed said something that they did not do. They regretted not doing something in life. You know, and that for me was like, bro, I'm DJing right now. Yo, fuck this. Like, I'm not, I'm not like going to play the safe route with this anymore. Like, I don't want to go through life regretting like that I didn't take this serious. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. Man, today we got a special guest all the way from Miami. She's the creator of the Honey Party. Not Honey, the, you know, supplement, but Honey the Party. <laughs> International DJ, right? Paris, yeah. A couple of French territories. You performed at Rolling Loud. You performed at Coachella. You've done a couple of other festivals. So your resume, you know, is building up. It's right there, right? <laughs> I'm trying. And you're the self-proclaimed curly-headed weirdo. Why? Why? <laughs> where, where the hell did that come from? Yo, it's funny because... That, that like, tag right there always makes people be like, what? You know? But it's really because behind closed doors, I am fucking interesting. Like, weird. I mean, you're still playing Fortnite. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hence, like, I play video games. I'm into, like, random shit. Like, I don't know. I think what people see is not what they get with me. You know what I mean? So I'm not weird, like... The other side of weird. You're not weird, weird. You're just, you're just a little... Yeah, I, you're, I was... You're unique. Unique. Right off the bat, right? You're unapologetically you. You didn't dress up to do your DJ gigs. You were just being you, right? You wanted people to look past the looks. Yes. You wanted them to focus on the skill. 100%. Go ahead and talk about that experience a little bit. When I first got in, I came in with a sour taste in my mouth from the industry. Um, I dealt with a lot of... Uh, men trying to sexualize me in a sense and it always made me just feel almost like resentful you know and then becoming a girl dj in that space it's just the common thing to say about us is that like it's gimmicky when you're a pretty girl you're only getting booked because you're a pretty girl so there, there's that chip on my shoulder too right so when i got in i was just so focused on becoming the best dj not as a woman but like male female it doesn't matter I'm coming for that spot you know and I prioritized my skills so much that the look took the back burner that the brand took like kind of a, 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 a back burner because I was like nah I want people to respect me for me and when they talk about peewee they say this girl is a fire ass DJ like not female you know what I mean so that's where that came from but then you get to a point where you're like I'm I'm becoming a woman, you know, I'm stepping into a space where I am feeling sexy, I'm feeling this, and people are going to take it or leave it. This is what you're going to get. Well, that's an added thing to your guys' repertoire, right? You're able to you're able to monetize off of that, right? Obviously, it's not something that you want to be the only reason you're monetizing. Yeah, it should be a cherry on top. That's what I always tell girls. Let that be a cherry on top. And that's why, like, whenever I've talked to female DJs, I don't even say female anymore because it's just... Man, a lot of these DJs are raw as fuck. My favorite, one of my favorite DJs, King Inez, I was telling you about her right now. She's so raw, and the fact that, like, she'll do the same shit. She won't give a fuck how she shows up to the club. Like, if she if she wants to put on, she'll put on. If she don't, she'll show up in sweats and her hair tied at the fucking... Have you heard of the mine? Yeah, the mine. She'll, show, <laughs> she'll show up to the mine like that. I'm like, damn. I respect it to the point where, like, damn, you guys are getting it done either way. And... It's not about the looks. It's about I'm raw as fuck. I really feel that a woman will have such longevity in this if you prioritize the skill and then all the extra shit. You know, like, all the extra should be, like, like I said, the cherry on top, but what brings the brand together. You get what I'm saying? So, and I, lo I love that. Like, I can't wait to meet her. You kind of remind me of her. That's why, like, I'm, that's why I'm bringing her up. But have you had anybody steal your mixes? Oh, my God. Mix. I haven't had someone steal my mix in in general. Like, but I think every DJ has like a like a blend that you do. If you're having a brain a fog or something, you're like, all right, let me hit these like five songs that I know how to like put together. I've definitely had people steal that from me for sure. For you during this time of n focusing on the skill, trying to make people look past the looks, 
What do you feel like you learned about yourself? I think I was really self-conscious about everything in my life. And DJing put into perspective that, like, whatever the hell I put my mind to a thousand percent, I'm I'm not only doing it, I'm going to excel in it, you know? That my my brain capacity is just really powerful, you know? Um, so that's my resilience. I learned big time through DJing. So where do you feel like this lack of confidence stemmed from then? Because for you, you were... Man, you were an athlete. You were a student athlete. I'm pretty sure you said that, you know, you had some pretty good grades too. So for you to excel in all these different areas, but to still feel like there's this chip on your shoulder, where do you feel like that came from? Like I had good grades, but they weren't great grades. I played basketball, but I didn't go to school for it. Like I ended up getting hurt. Like, everything was kind of mid. Damn, you were mid? <laughs> nah, I'm not going to say I was mid. I just think everything was, that was happening was mid. You know? Like, I, I didn't really take something and, and flourish from it. Like, let it really blossom. I just was going through the motions because my dad wanted me to play basketball. And, like, you know what I mean? And then, like, I was forced to go to school. I didn't even want to, like, do college. I tried to drop out a bunch of times to go to music school. But my parents were like, I don't give a shit if you become a stripper. Just finish, you know? So it was like always doing things that were just kind of mid that weren't like from a passion, like something that I felt like so at the core about something that I, I went hard for, you know. So I think that's what builds confidence more than that, like seeing something through through the trenches. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think I was like really existing before DJing. So why music? I've always been a music head. Like before before that, like my parents catalog is insane. I have my little sister here right now. Like she could tell you. Our parents have put us on the best music. So I remember being in the car a lot because my dad played professional baseball. And it's just wild. Like when we would drive to see him, it was like the the everything that we would listen to, it was just from Britney Spears to Mark Anthony to Earth, Wind and Fire. It was just like the craziest catalog of music from new to old. And that just I've always had a different ear because of that. You know what I mean? Like, my parents both love music. So, growing up, it was, I feel like amongst peers, I've always been the person that, like, <laughs> just knew more than others with music. And then LimeWire and WinMix. You're really young. You probably don't know about that. I know about that. Damn. Damn. That shit's, like, ancient ancient for you. Like, that's, like, an artifact. Bro, Listen. I, I, I don't want to pull the question out on you because I don't want to be rude. Go ahead. How old am I? I'm yeah. 30. I don't You're care. 30. 30, 30. Third floor over here. <laughs> I got into, like, LimeWire and, and WinMix and just started downloading Hello Music. So, from young, I've been, like, a music head. Like, that wasn't just, like, I, I it came out of nowhere, you know? And... In basketball, I was always the person in practice that was the, the iPod. I know that was ancient. But yeah, just all in all, I've always been a music head. So transitioning into music wasn't like a no-brainer. You know, my my older sister, she's always like, man, I always knew you were going to do something with music. Whether it was on, on the business end of music or something, music was always going to be there. Was the business aspect ever an option for you? Yeah. I went to school for communications, like public relations and all that, like that, with the intention to be a publicist for music. Even now, I talk to my little sister about, like, one day it would be really nice to go to law school and do entertainment law and work with, you know? Like, I, I love the business end. I'm a big nerd. I read a lot. Like, I don't know. I just like learning, so... It would be cool to, like, challenge myself one day. Even if you're the biggest DJ in the world, you're going to go back. I'll like, Kim Kardashian that shit. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Go back to law school. Why not? I want to take it back to that question, right? The fact that you would dress down. You would focus on the skill. How do you feel like that period of your life shaped the mentality that you hold currently? Yo, confidence is everything. It's so crazy, like, the, the energy or, like, the vibration you carry when you're a confident person. Like, not just a woman, but a woman, too, especially, right? So I think once I, I got into that, like, that transition happened where I was like, you know what? I'm wearing heels in the club, and I'm going to be a presence, and I want people to look and be like, damn, who's that? Oh, that's the DJ, damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when I started owning that, it was just a level of confidence that I unlocked in my brain, and it was just, like, out of here, you know? Um, and that's not to say I'm better than anybody. It was just, like, I finally stepped into a space where I was feeling myself as a woman, and that changed the game for me completely. Was there a specific moment that made you own that? I had someone in my life that they were also a DJ, and they were like, yo, 
oh, stop dressing like a fucking tomboy all the time. Like, I get it. I get what you are, who you are at the core, and you want to be you. But, like, you, for what you're trying to do with DJing, you got to go in heels. Like, stop wearing combat boots and sneakers and shit. Like, he was going off on me for a long time about it. Um, and then I finally listened to him. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear dresses and heels at these gigs and take it serious. And I instantly noticed the shift, like how people treated me. It was like night and day. I went from kind of being looked at as like this little girl into like, oh, this is a boss. Like she's like serious about her craft, you know? So, I mean, to answer your question, I had, I definitely had someone in my ear about it that was like giving me like that, that advice from a male perspective too. You know, he'd been in the game forever. So he was like, bro. Stop. Stop bullshitting with your look. It's like you were saying, right? Take it to that next level. You got to find a way to burst through that glass ceiling. 100%. But I'm happy the way I did it, though. I'm happy the way I did it, that I really prioritized, like, that skill part first. Because people saw the butterfly, like, the cocoon into the butterfly. What do you feel like is the biggest change you've seen between those two periods? Confidence. Like, that is it. <laughs> that is it. That's it. You say, "Hey, fuck it, I'm confident now. Yes. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna pop out tonight just like this." Yes, yes, yes. I'm telling you, confidence. It was that was the biggest, biggest difference. It doesn't matter if my if my butt got bigger or like nothing. Like there was nothing physically that I can do uh, that would change that. It was just confidence. I really want to, you know, give you your flowers on the aspect of you focused on the skill, right? That's something that not a lot of people can do and do it well. So for you to be able to travel and do this shit, like do it in another country, and I'm sure you had that shit rocking, right? Definitely. <laughs> to be able to do that and you're going to the biggest cities, Los Angeles, Miami, Chicago, you're about to go on tour. Uh, I don't, fuck, I don't know if I could say that. You're about to go do some shit, some special shit, right? That doesn't just happen overnight. And that's something that I emphasized over these past few weeks because we just hit our two-year anniversary. So, you know making sure that you're focusing on the craft, growing, growing as a professional and an individual. That's what's most important. But let me give you your flowers real quick. Yeah, 99 episodes is so big. Like, congrats. I appreciate that. And yeah, shit, I had to take a little break. I was off social media for like the past 10 days after the event. Like, I, I was done. I was burnt out. And that's okay. Listen, my grandma always said, she has a lot, a lot of like gems. You know, our grandma's always got little things. And, um... One thing that she always told me from young was, in essence, not verbatim, but, like, don't skip steps. Everything in life has its time. Everything. We have time to party. We have time to have sex. We have time to everything. Just But just don't skip the steps. Like, you're going to get to where you need to get to as long as you stay focused or, or stay on path, you know? And that's for everything in life. So... We have our moments. Just like you said, taking it step by step, a lot of people want to be at the end, right? They want to be at the finish line in two jumps. But in reality, that's not how it works. Where do you see yourself on that ladder, right? So the bottom's obviously the beginning, top's the end. Where do you see yourself right now? And where do you want to end up? I would say a little, a little, little past halfway. A little, little past halfway. Uh... The things that I've done in the past 10 years, are it, it, I would have never guessed. Never. Like, if you told me the day that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this, that I was going to accomplish a lot of the shit that I've done, I would literally laugh in your face, you know? So there's that element to it, but then it's like, what's feeding my soul now? Like, yeah, that those moments are cool. That, that Performing and having crowd control and people respond to your music is a high that no drug can give you in the world and i would love for people to experience that at least once in life that feeling um but there has to be something deeper to the things you do every day and you, what what you're monetizing what where you're making money from like there has to be something that feeds your soul right so i got i, I think i'm at the place where i'm really now doing this for what feeds my soul you know what i'm saying like I'm not going to burn myself out working five times a week doing X, Y gigs because I want to be in people's faces all the time. Like, I think I put that groundwork in to now be selective to the things that make me happy genuinely. And a great gem that I picked up from another DJ is, you know, you have to start being selective eventually. Eventually, though. 
Keyword. But you've been doing it for 10 years, so you can be selective at this point. But I say that because a lot of DJs, I love that Bella's here, my little sister, shout out Izzy B, she's a DJ, and she can hear this because I. these are all things that I tell her, right? I think a lot of people want to come in and skip steps, like we talked about. I think a lot of people want to come in, especially with social media, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to just do this, like pay for a little blue check, like let me make this facade, and then like, and 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 get this results when like there's real fucking groundwork that goes into this. It's like they say proper preparation prevents poor performance. But I want to get back to what I was saying about the DJ, right? Uh, I believe it was Dre Wicked. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was on here and he talked about, you know, there's a reason why DJs like Sean Mack and Geo Sands can be so selective with what they're doing. Or Apollo, right? They used to be in the clubs every weekend, just like every other DJ. Until eventually they said, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go do the bigger shows. I'm going to do the bigger events. Now my price has gone up. And at that time, I didn't really... I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, right? But... As you get deeper into it, as the time passes, you realize, like, man, I don't need to do this shit for free no more. I can do it because I enjoy it, and I love having conversations. I love DJing, or I can do it for the money. I can do it because I want to put it on a platform for other people, but I'm going to make money off of it. thousand percent. Being selective, it's something that eventually you'll need to come to. But shit, I mean, enjoy what you're doing. I think also everyone's DJ game plan is different and everyone's entitled to it, right? I think if you're someone that, if you're, if your goal, because you have to have a game plan, right? So if your goal is to be Shaq DJing where you're making half a mil for an hour, right? There's that groundwork that comes with it, but then you get to a point like, Okay, like you have to be selective. But then there's other DJs where they just love DJing and they want to do it all the time and they don't care about the money aspect. I think it's all about like your direction with it. But if you really want to take it to where you become a brand who's getting PJs and like the uh, Pauly, DJ Pauly D and all that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that all comes with it. It's crazy because there are levels to this shit. And this is way off topic at this point, but there's levels to this shit, right? There's... When I think of, like, a backyard DJ nowadays, I'm like, those exist? Because I'm so used to being around the club DJs. I'm so used to being around the higher names that I'm like, I'm throwing a backyard party. I'm getting one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not getting, no, my uncle DJed for fucking <laughs> the band back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and they be fire sometimes, though. <laughs> uncle be throwing in some gems. You completely forget that there's actually, like, regular people that just do this for fun. For fun. It's hobby. One of my best friends, she's a DJ, and, like, uh, she she does it purely fun. Previously, you said, you know, you had to face the dark side of the industry. Um, and that was when you were talking about, you know, being a producer, something you started at 16 years old. Go ahead and elaborate on that statement a little bit. When I say, like, the dark side of the industry, I mean it from the perspective of a woman. Because women in this space are de definitely the most vulnerable you know, and I'm happy that a lot more women are talking about it because there was a time, at least when I was starting out, that this shit was taboo. You don't talk about it because you'll get blacklisted, blackballed, but the Me Too movement really helped us out. <laughs> but all in all, uh, with that, I just was really young starting out with production and I went into it with no guidance. I didn't, I, I, there wasn't a woman at the time. Later, I met a woman who helped me a lot. But at the time, I didn't have a woman guiding me on how to move, you know. So I'm in studio sessions late night with guys that their intentions aren't to be there late night making music. They're like, oh, what's up? You fucking or not? And it's like, no. You know what I mean? And I said this in multiple, like, podcasts. I'm happy that I've never folded on myself with that. I never, like, I never was like, you know what, damn, let me think about this. Possibly get you know like that wasn't even a thing but that doesn't make me better than anyone i'm happy that god put me through that to learn from that because there's a lot of women who would possibly fold and that scars them for life and i've never been raped or or like sexually assaulted thank god but i've just been in situations that were like incredibly uncomfortable especially as a minor and um i don't know i'm, I'm happy because i'm in a place now to really teach and be like a mentor for girls in that sense you know what i mean 
So that's what I talk about with the dark side. Um, I've dealt with some of the biggest artists tell me how Kim Kardashian you you'll be famous tomorrow. Like it's like nah, <laughs> no, I I don't want to get that from that. You know, that's fun. That's crazy. But uh, I think a lot of girls would being misguided. You know what I mean? So that's what I what I say about the dark side. And um, luckily with club owners, I've actually had a really good experience in the DJ space. I've I've had a great experience because of the way I took the the things that I've learned from the production side. I just had like a different stance with these club owners. Like we ain't, we ain't on that time, bro. So you mentioned you know the, the you had somebody who guided you at least you know in the future. I forgot what the name of the brand or company Girls is. Girls Make Beats, Tiffany Miranda, yeah. Talk about her a little bit, you know. How do you feel like she's helped you grow as an artist? Yo, it's crazy because that life is really in chapters, right? Like, that was a big chapter for me because it was a defining chapter. Like, that's the reason I'm a full-time DJ was from working with Girls Make Beats. So Girls Make Beats is a nonprofit where they teach girls 7 through 18 how to produce, DJ, uh, anything with music, right? So... Her and I met in a really organic way. We met at a production um, like showcase, like where they were showcasing producers, whatever. And when they told me there was a girl produ- producer there, I was like, yo, I need to meet this chick, you know? Because it was foreign to me. Like that, You see it now all over TikTok, but like 10 years ago, that shit was not a thing at all. And she's a curly-haired Puerto Rican chick. Like damn near we look alike. Like it was like, I was like, I, I just met God at that point, you know? And then she told me she had the the nonprofit going on. And I was like, man, I want to get involved any way I could because I never had women help me like that, you know? And again with her, and I think she's open about this with her story, so I don't think I'm stepping on toes saying this, but she also dealt with the dark side of the industry. She was trying to be an artist, then got into audio engineering and, you know, she dealt with a lot of fuck shit, and we related a lot on stories, you know? But the thing about her, too, is that she was very strong in her stance with not folding on herself, you know? And the way... She's a Leo, right? <laughs> so I think Leo women are very, like... Strong. Yeah, like, they're very strong-willed people. And the way she was with men and, like, the, in, the, in, the, in the setting with men and in, in music, in the music space... It inspired me. I was like, damn, I want to be like that. I'm not trying to be this friendly little girl, this little friendly, naive, naive chick all the time. Like, she was like, she made it very known we ain't on that time. Like, you know what I mean? So, and in conversations in private, she would talk to me about, like, you got to move in certain ways. Was all of her advice, like, I think some of it was extreme, but it was for to protect me, you know? And she always would tell me, too, like, you got to be the best. You got to be a beast at this. Like, don't be that girl at gigs where you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You don't know what an XLR chord is or RCA. Like, learn everything. Learn short keys. Read the manual. Like, be that so people respect you. And they're like, damn, this girl really knows her shit more than guys do, you know? So she she was like, I mean, I want to give her her flowers on that. She taught me so much, not only about production and DJing, but, like, bro, like, character. You know, I always give her her flowers for that. You guys still have a relationship? I reached out to her recently, yeah. I got love for her. I always got love for Girls Make Beats. Why do you feel like for you it's so important to give back to, you know, younger women trying to find themselves within the music industry now? Because I really do not want girls to deal with some of the shit I went through. Like being told that crazy ass shit? That's wild. I'll kill somebody if someone said that to my little sister. No, for real. Like, I, I really don't want girls to go through that. I love that women DJs is such a, a thing now. I think I, it's just more common. It's not like a like a like a, a unicorn thing anymore. You know, it's really common. Um, but I don't think the guidance end is as common. You know, girls putting other girls on game. So that that's where that comes from. Like I wanna all the, all my friends that are girl DJs like they always come to me with like, man, I'm in this situation. What would you do? And I'm like, bro, like. Stay true to you. Like, don't fold because of business. Like, not all money is good money. Like, I just wish I had somebody telling me that. You know what I mean? Before Tiffany. And then when I had Tiffany, like, my life completely changed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's where that comes from. And there's so many girls that are, like, crazy. I've heard stories 
from young, young girls, too, you know? I don't want to take away from, you know, the fact that it's women, but people in general, right? Period. People in general don't like to help other people out because they feel like it's going to take away from whatever they got going on. And you need somebody to guide you, somebody that, you know, I've taken, you know, up as a mentor recently. Uh, his name's Jason. And he's just kind of helped guide me through a lot of the shit I had to go through, especially with the event, right? Your first event, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're just kind of like talking numbers with people. You get the contract, you're like, fuck, like, I can read this, but I don't want to get fucked. So I'm going to send it to, you know, the big homie, figure out, like, what's up? So, you know, in that case, like, you just need somebody that's going to guide you and somebody that loves what you do as much as you do, that loves your craft, you specifically, because you can find 10 people that just want in because they want in. But you need to find one person that truly cares about what you're doing specifically. Each one teach one, period. The biggest millionaires, like people who own hedge funds, they always have mentorship programs. Like, why would the most some of the wealthiest people have like mentees like that is each one teach one because the future is there you know what i mean like you got to invest in the future at least like if you're in it just to be like i'm i'm this i'm that and not try to like give back to the new generation like what are you doing that's why they wrote the bible to like teach different generations how to evolve and be better you know so yeah each one teach one all day for sure going through that period of dealing with the dark side of the industry what do you feel like that did to your mentality? At first, it made me self-conscious going th at the time. It made me because it made me feel like, damn, no one's going to take me serious. You know, I was becoming a victim to my circumstance, which was really whack at the time, you know, because I didn't understand, like, how to persevere, I guess, um, and see the glass half full in that and make uh, lemons out of make lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> But then, like, through time and through, I guess, like I said, taking DJing serious and having, like, the guidance with Tiffany and all that, like, then the, that confidence came, you know? But definitely at the time, like, it fucked with me big time. And I also have, like, a past, like, things that happened in my childhood. So to be, like, triggered in that space, it was, it fucked with me big time. For sure. How do you feel like those childhood experiences have carried over and impacted you? Everything. Like, everything. <laughs> it's wild because I think we repress a lot, too. I think when things happen in your childhood, you don't you don't see how they trigger you in certain ways. And, like, for me, I've seen it professionally trigger me in relationships. Like, it's, it has messed with me in so many ways. But the thing that I have just made sure to do is keep my relationship with God first and, like, always ask him to help give me discernment and, and faith to, like, walk through that healing process. There's that element. And then the other side is, like, really educating myself on, like, the psychology, like, how the, the human brain works. Because I'm not the only motherfucker. You have a story. He has a story. She has a story. Like, everybody has things that happen in their childhood, maybe worse than others. But it's, like, how do, do we become victims of our circumstance? Or do we understand how to persevere and be better from that and, you know, not carry on those generational curses. If you want to, do you have an example of something that you feel like continues to impact you to this day? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm now ready to be open about it. Like, I was sexually abused as a kid. Um, and, wow, like, that's... It's crazy how common that shit is. But it happened to me, and it's, it fucks with so... Like I said, like, it's not just relationships, it's friendships it's it's how guarded i am in in certain situations it's professionally like you know what i mean like that's why it was triggering for me at 16 like because it was like damn bro like like weirded out by people like you know because i dealt with this before and i'm not trying to be trapped in a room like you know in a in a in a, a space like that it's just impacted everything but i've been better from it because and i just i have a crazy faith in god and all that you know and i i just really feel like nothing happens without reason and, and some fucked up things happen in our lives and we have to really see the glass half full from that and um i think there was purpose in that i may not have been able to say this a couple years ago but i really do think that there is purpose in it because now i'm in a space and in a position to really help others who have been through the same you know
you're in a position to influence a lot of people and, you know, let them know, like, you know, you're not the only one and I'm here for you in a sense, right? I think that, and that's that's a major reason as to why we created this podcast. For me, I was going through a lot of shit at the time and it almost feels like you're alone, like nobody can relate to you and I was like, fuck it. Somebody else is feeling the way I'm feeling, right? If I can make one more person feel a little less lonely and a little less like I'm the only one, then fuck it. We'll do it, right? I think a big reason for depression and just a lot of, like, mental issues. Sadness is a natural part of life, right? But I think what deepens it is when you feel alone. So there's nothing better than a stranger, a relative, just someone saying, I feel you and I felt that and I'm with you and... I may not be in that dark space that you're in, but I was, and I'm out of it, and this is how I did it. I think you also need to be in a mental space where you can accept somebody telling you that stuff. Yes, it's hard. Because when you're not in that space, it's like your blessings, right? When you're not in a space to accept blessings, you just— You block them. You, you, exactly. You block them. You completely don't see them. You're like, man, fuck this shit. I'm good. I don't need it. So I think that's with a lot of positive things in life, right? Happiness, love, whatever it may be, a lot of people choose to close that out from what they got going on. thousand percent. thousand percent. So you mentioned God a lot. I do want to touch on that. You know, I stalked your Twitter a little bit, so I, <laughs> I see that, you know, you give, yeah. you give praise to him. All day. How do you feel like your relationship with God has helped you through these dark times? Honestly, it's been everything. It's, I could only speak on my path. Right, like me, Jessica. That's my real name. Oh, shit, it's crazy. not Pee-wee. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Pee-weezy, nah, but I've always had, like, a strong sense of spirituality, even from young, which is kind of wild. Um, But I went, I, like, DJing has a, a toxic environment, right? So when you live in the fast life and everything's coming, money's good, you start, your priorities start shifting a little bit, you know? And I think I was in a space... uh. Recent that like about two three years ago, where I was, I didn't pray like that. I wasn't. I'll pray before I leave my house for protection and all that. But like, really prioritizing my relationship with God and spirituality as a whole was just not a priority for me. And if it sucks that life happens, life has to humble you sometimes to like redirect you to what's important and what really matters. And I was feeling lost for a long time. And the thing that brought me back to feeling whole was prioritizing that. And last year, exactly a year ago at this time, I went through one of the toughest. I've I've gone through dark shit, but I went through a very dark period in my life. And the one thing that held me, that got me up out of there was, was God. And I was having a lot of supernatural things happen. Like I was seeing angel numbers crazy and I was getting like a lot of confirmation from the universe. And I, universe and God to me is the same. But I was getting just a lot of, um, like, cues of, like, I'm here, I got you, and it's time to come back, like, on this side. Like, you need to prioritize this, you know? And with that, I have been mentally just so strong. Because life's still happening. I'm not saying everything's sweet. But in those, those not-so-sweet moments, I have my relationship here that I'm, I, I'm like, like, shielded. That's how I feel. So it's been everything for me. I think I'm aligned, I'm powerful, and I'm focused when I prioritize God. So I am now just like vowing to that, to continue, to not veer off as easy as it is to. For me, when it comes to religion, I'm very big on, like, I don't pray. I, I used to go to church a lot when I was little, but as time went on, I just kind of, it is what it is, right? I believe God's there. I believe he's watching over me. The one thing I can say is that I don't do is ask why things happen. Because just like you said, everything happens for a reason. I feel like the most disrespectful thing you can do, at least, you know, in my belief, is asking God why. Because bad shit happens all the time. It's going to continue to happen to you. Good shit's going to happen to you. You don't ask, why did this good shit happen to me? No, you only ask about the bad shit. But you've never had something so good happen to you that are like, damn, did I deserve that? Nah, hell no. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> shit, maybe I'm just not blessed like that, right? But <laughs> Nah, I mean, I hear your point because I there's been times uh, where I pray and I'm like, God, I'm sorry that I'm coming to you when 
things are this bad. I feel guilty. But like, you know, so I get that perspective of it. Right. But sometimes you're so clouded that you have to ask God, like, show me why. Not why and leave me here, like, dump dump me in, like, my sorrow. Like, show me why this happened. What is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning from this? There's this perfect song. I'm going to need you to check it out. Um, it's by my boy. His name's Alan the Official. And the song's called That Feeling. It's called That Feeling. And he says, he's talking to God because during this period he was in a dark place. Uh, the song is literally that feeling because he was feeling at a time where he wanted to take his own life. And and he's saying, like, you know, he looks up to God, I look up at the sky, but there ain't shit there. There's nothing up there but, you know, your belief in God. And he, that's when he says, you know, tell me what my mission is so I can go and prepare because he's so lost in this path, so lost in life that he's asking God. To that point, I, anybody watching this, you yourself, I, I don't like to sound preachy or, like, religious. I'm spiritual, right? But I promise you, yo, like, it hasn't failed me since myself or anybody I've told this to. Ask, ask God for something genuinely. And not a million dollars, this, that. Like, you need guidance. Show me, show me why. Or if you feel like someone's lying to you, God, show me, unveil the truth. Like, th- guide me, this. Show- I think it's, like, always, like, funny when people ask, like, God, uh, reveal yourself. But he will in some way. You just got to be paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, you can't see him, but in the, I don't know if it's in the Bible that said this, but my pastor says this, like, God works in coincidences and, like, oh, my God, I was just thinking about you. You called me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, in, uh, uh, what's it called? Angel numbers, like, in coincidences and, like, things like that, you just got to be paying attention, you know? And um, that's where my belief became so strong because I would just sit there and be like, Lord, like, literally... Open the path, like DJing, when I was like, all right, I'm going to do this, I prayed so hard. I was like, God, I'm going to take this serious, but I'm going to put you in the position to guide me. And when I tell you every door opened up, and I, and I, when I talk about this, I hate sounding like everything's always going to be good because adversity builds character, right? So he had to put me through a lot of like dark times to make me stronger for what I'm asking for. You know, like, God, I want to be the best DJ, God, I want love, God, I want this, right? Like, okay, cool. I got to trust that whatever you're about to put in my path is what you're doing to mold me to receive my blessing that I'm praying so hard for. And then when I receive it, I want to pray so hard for me to keep it. You know what I mean? So, again, I guess, like, what I was saying or where I was trying to go with that is that your your tongue is powerful, period. You write something down or you say something, you're you're literally telling the universe, okay, here, Take it, you know? So tell yourself you're great every day. You're about to be popping. That's why I watch out about the hate speech, you know? Hating on yourself is just terrible. Not only yourself, but other people too. Period. Like, everything works in vibrations and energies. And damn, I don't want to sound like a hippie right now. It's that earth sign in you. It's the earth (laughs) sign. Yes, it is. No, but really though, like, people got to be careful with what they say because the most powerful vessel on this planet. That's why when, when... People ask for prayer, right? They're like, yo, pray for me because what's more powerful than that energy of prayer? You know what I mean? And 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 meditating and all that. It's just it's just a space. Your tongue and what you write down is just powerful, man. Like, that's real magic. I'm telling you, tell yourself that... T- give yourself, like, a, a realistic goal, right? But that's not in reach right at this moment. And tell yourself that with full belief and conviction, and that it's gonna come true. That's why vision boards, you know, people talk about vision boards. And it's always a thing where, like, people look back in life, they're like, damn, I accomplished every single thing on here. It's because you, like, literally told the universe. You put it together too, right? It all happens with the effort and consistency as well. If that's not proof of, of some type of being that is controlling all this, and, it, you know, everything is yin and yang, everything's good and bad. There's a good thing up there whether it be god allah or you know whatever you believe in jehovah there's just something up there that is guiding us and yeah you just gotta know how to play it for you we went through two difficult periods of your life right you had to i wouldn't i don't know if you would consider the skill like focusing on the skills rather than the looks a difficult part but it's a challenge in your life that you had to overcome as well as the dark side of the industry another part of your life that 
you know, you consistently talk about is tearing your ACL. For you being a student athlete, it was a huge part of your identity. Something that you said, right? Your dad pushed you to be an athlete. He pushed you in school. So I'm sure there's something there where it comes from, you know, parents' affirmation. You're getting your affirmation from him because you're an athlete, because of what you're doing in school. And it's it wasn't so much the personal. So now you got to find a way to please your family in a different aspect. So go ahead and talk about that struggle for you, you know, finding your a new identity. I understand that parents, like, want to guide you because they don't want you to make the same mistakes they did, right? But I think in turn that's making an identity that may not be to the core of that person. And I definitely love sports, but was I, like, I mean, I wanted to be in the WNBA because I was good at it, you know? And, like, that's what my dad is telling me. Like, and him and I have had the conversation, so it's cool. It's nothing crazy. But my dad's my best friend, FYI. But, like, there was when I was playing, he was like, you better get your shit together. Like, you better get your grades. Take this shit serious because you don't know how to do anything else. What you going to do? You play basketball and softball. Like, that is what you do. So, like, so when you're when someone's telling you that, it it's become it becomes your identity. I'm I'm Pee Wee. I got the name Pee Wee from basketball. I'm Pee Wee the basketball player. I'm Pee Wee the, the I'm Pee Wee the athlete, right? So then God throws the biggest mon- monkey wrench ever, and I now tear my ACL. And for women, it's way worse. Like when a woman tears her ACL compared to a man, it's worse because we're more more prone to tearing it again the second time because our hips are wider, right? A guy could come back from that injury better, but the risk of investing in a, in an athlete as a woman. After that, it's just, it's bad. It's bad business. So I knew it was over for me. As much as I tried not to accept that, I knew it was over, right? Um, And that was a, a grieving process. I had to grieve that because that identity I knew was over with. And I had to now listen and see where God, God was guiding me because I didn't know. I, I went through a really bad depression from that. Like, in high school was the first time I could say I was really depressed because it was just like, Yo, what? Like my life is over. My parents are gonna hate me now. I'm not. I'm not fulfilling my dad's dream. Like, or my whole idea of like, all right, I'm gonna go to college. Like, how, what am I gonna do now? Like, just party in college, which I ended up doing, by the way. But like, that wasn't a thing. The only important thing to do in college. And it was great. I'm happy that I did that. I got it on my system. I partied my ass off, which was important, right? Because then I became a DJ, and now I could live through that space like it's nothing. But back to like the identity thing. That was tough. Like I said, I went through my first real version of depression in that time because it was just like, what What am I? You had to find yourself at that point. You you had to create a real identity, something that you could hold on to and not your parents. But I'm happy that they gave me that, though, right? Like, the beautiful thing of, of being an athlete is, like, I've always been in, like, a, a team environment. I have three sisters, now a little brother, but I grew up with three sisters. I grew up in team environments, so... I think that's like a very good thing for a character to have. Like you learn how to share, you learn how to compromise, you learn how to like in a team setting go through problems or challenges, you know, like I think it was beautiful and stuff, but like to drill it in my head of like, yo, this is do or die. And what it felt like was like, I'm not going to accept you if you do anything else. Like that's kind of toxic. That's that's (laughs) fucked, right? That's kind (laughs) of toxic. But my dad and I are so good now. I was his boy. I was like the prodigy, and then that shit was dead. And it's like, okay, life's over. For me, I didn't. I didn't have it that extreme. It wasn't that extreme, right? My parents were just go to school, go to school, finish, and you're good. So for me, it felt like that was the only thing I ever had to do in life. So once I got to the point where I graduate college, it's like, what next? What What do I do? Right? I've I accomplished my goal that. I had set for me 21 years ago. Honestly, to this day, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I don't know what the fuck I'd be doing with my life. I don't think I'd have any other interesting thing to do. So when there's other people that, like, don't do entertainment shit, I'm like, damn, what do you do with your life? Like, (laughs) your life must be boring. Their happiness is in simplicity. You know what I mean? Like, some people, like, don't need... I don't think everybody needs a purpose. I think some people's purpose is really, like... Just going through the motions. Vibing. Like, vibing. <laughs> Yo, for real. I don't think... I think everybody has, like... 
imagination is what made the future right like someone imagined a microphone and this just came about like you know what i mean like they invented it from like their brain right so like i think we all have a god-given vision of purpose or whatever like and and some people's that is like going through the nine to five and doing what they do you know but it's all about what makes you happy and this was supposed to make you happy you know that's another conversation i had with my cousin uh he's like 20 years older than me that's my homie. That's like my second dad for real. And you know, he told me he's like, "Don't don't belittle anybody. Don't belittle anybody on what they do, right? Because just like you said, a lot of people sometimes they find their happiness in simplicity, but then there's also people who wanted more. They wanted to be able to do more shit. But that's not how life worked out for them. I used to be that person that would like n- I could not fucking grasp people that just settled for nothing. Right. I couldn't. I could. Yo, I could not. My sister being my witness here. I could not understand. Like, and I'm still like, if you're my friend, I'm always going to see like my brain is going to go. How do we syndicate this and get this on the radio and make this the biggest fucking podcast in the world? Like my brain instantly goes to that. Right. But then it goes down to like some people that does not make them happy. Being a grinder, being someone that's away from their family, being because there's sacrifice that comes in the shit we do. Right. That doesn't make some people happy, and that's okay. But I used to definitely be a judger for that because I, I just could not get it. It's hard to understand it. But then there's people that are on the other end that don't get how we do it. Facts. They're like, how the fuck? How is this girl by herself DJing in cities when she's 30 years old? She should have kids by now. This, that, that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, There's always that, but that's what makes the world go round. Like, imagine if everybody was a boss. Do you question the choices you've made at this point, right? Just like you said, at 30... A lot of people are saying, oh, you should have kids by now. For you, do you feel like that's a question that comes a lot? Mm-mm. I mean, okay, I'll be lying. Uh, I would not be ready anytime before. I think I'm ready now. I'm definitely in a place where, like, God is steering. Damn, I keep saying God a lot, but I love him. <laughs> um, he's steering me in a, in a direction of, like, that's where my life is going. I know that in life I'm supposed to be a wife because I yearn for love so much and, like, you know, and I want to have kids, but I'm not. I'm not questioning the process. I know God's timing is everything. I know that if I had a kid a year ago, I would probably wouldn't have been ready for that. You know, I think I'm just getting in a place. I don't. I don't want to say that I'm. I'm trying to get as much money to be secure. I don't want to look back and regret anything. That's the position I end up in. Is that. You know, you start to see your friends. You start to see the people around you. They start building these families. They start committing to long-term relationships. And it's like, I don't want to look back one day and say, like, I wish I did that. Because it's not fair to the person that you're going to be with because you're just going to resent them for, hey, you held me back from this opportunity. It's not fair to your kid because you're just going to, Put that on them like, oh, damn, like I could have been the biggest fucking podcaster. I could have been the biggest DJ. I could have. And you've done a lot already. So I I don't want to like, you know, diminish it. There's more to come. There's more. But I know if I became. Listen, when I get pregnant, I'm a DJ pregnant. I'm not going to do a club. But like, I'm going to. I'm going to do the baby shower. I'm gonna, What? <laughs> I'm going to monetize my pregnancy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be the flyest. Like, I'm going to get like some headphones from my belly. And like, you know what I mean? I'm going to I'm gonna make it cool. But I don't know. Like, am I going to still be able to do the shit that I do? Like, I literally can travel at any point in my life. Like, I'm here in Chicago right now, right? My house is in Miami. Like, <laughs> I can live a life. Like, I can't do that with a kid. I know a lot changes, but um, I just feel like before I wouldn't have been ready, but I don't question it. Like, Again, it just goes to the point that I just don't want to regret anything because I've seen people in my family make that mistake. And, you know, you look at them later in life, they look unhappy with their lives, right? They live a lot in the past. I don't want to live. I want to be like, yeah, yo, I fucking did that. But like, I'm here at this point in my life enjoying my 50s, 60s. That you were ready to close that chapter and move on to the next stage. Before I decided to DJ full time, there was a couple things that happened. But one of the things that I saw was I saw a video on YouTube. So crazy. Saw a video on YouTube of um, a bunch of people. They were interviewing, I think it was like Complex or something. They were interviewing people on um, their deathbeds. And they asked everybody, what do they regret in life? 
And none of them said anything that they did. Everybody said something they didn't do. Every single fucking person on their deathbed said something that they did not do. They regretted not doing something in life. You know, and that for me was like, bro, I'm DJing right now. Yo, fuck this. Like, I'm not, I'm not like gonna play the safe route with this anymore. Like, I don't want to go through life regretting like that I didn't take this serious. So with you going through that depression in high school, I'm sure you've had your mental bouts throughout the years. What role does mental wellness play in your life now? It's everything. It's everything. I deal with anxiety still. Not as bad, but it comes in waves. And that shit is, like, debilitating, man. I'm sure everybody has, like, a, 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 a taste of it of some sort. But when you deal with it for real, for real, it's debilitating. So I'm always, like, trying to actively keep my fucking sanity because I know how it takes me. Like, I could really go left, like, in a dark space. Um, and just overall, I think the way you think, what you think becomes your reality, you know? So it's like becoming low vibrational when you're like in its depressive state but I, I mean i get that life happens but i try not to let myself sink in places because it, it's life like it is what it is like it can't sulk because i could i i personally could sulk like od you know does that make sense what i'm saying like i can go really in rabbit holes so i'm i prioritize my mental health so hard because i don't want to go to those places when you're so focused on the bad shit that happens to you you allow it to overtake you. You know, just like I was saying with the event, all the bad shit that happened leading up to it, we could have been like, man, fuck this shit. And I was in that space. I was like, man, fuck this shit. Like, a lot of bad shit happened. And like I said, I stayed off social media for at least five days before I finally put out like a, you know, thank you everybody that came out. And that was just more so because I burnt myself out. I put myself in a position where I was going so hard and I'm the only one that can do that, right? Nobody gives a fuck about what you do as much as you do. So you're the one that's going to do the promoting. You're going to make sure that everything goes according to plan. And for as many people that ask you, like, what can I do to help you? And thank you, like, thank you to everybody that did ask me that. They, they can't do that because they don't see the same vision that I do. And to make sure that I, but here's the thing about me, right? It's, it's bad. But if I were to allow somebody to take control and they didn't do it the way that I wanted you them would to freak do it, out. I'd be, yeah, I'd be pissed off. I'd get mad at them, but it's not their fault because they don't think the way that I do. But question through all the fuck shit that happened, I mean, I don't know about the event, but from what, you're, what it sounds like, it sounds like there was like some trials in it, right? Of all of that. What did you learn? I think I did everything in my in my ability to make sure that the event went well, to make sure that we had a decent turnout, right? We had about 100, 125 people come out, and it was our first event. People came through a tornado warning. So you, you, you look at the positives, right? 125 people came out during a tornado warning. Okay, fuck it. We'll take it. But how do we make it to the point where, okay, let's make money from this shit now? Mm -hmm. Where you're not taking a loss. Yeah, I took an L. If it helps you feel better, the guys from Rolling Loud, they were dopey and T before Rolling Loud. And they were taking losses all the time. Like, I I mean, I seen it for myself. Like, these guys, man, the shit that they went through. And then it came together, and now they're Rolling Loud. And I'm sure there's still L's in this. Like, events is just fucking high high risk high reward high risk right so feel good like what you just said like the beauty of that is like in that people still pulled up like my sister her birthday she threw her birthday party on the same day that like miami it was like viral of like miami went through like a really bad flood like people's cars were like floating away and shit like we were in that during her party like people still pulled up <laughs> like there could have been no one there, but people still made it. That's why I can't be mad, right? But yeah, you live and you learn, and like all of, your next event is about to be so fire because of all the shit you just learned. But we're gonna do some other shit. We're gonna do some more like recurring shit, and you gotta check out our page, Loki. We have this thing called Toxic Tales. So we're going around asking people like, "Oh, what's your most toxic tale?" So that's gonna be the that's gonna be the purpose for the event. Make sure we can get content, and you know, just 
creating an environment where people know what they're getting themselves into when they pull up to a sad boy radio event. Damn, what's the most toxic shit I've been through? I've been through some toxic shit. What's the most toxic shit you've been through? <laughs> Give us your toxic tale. I have been through toxic. Give us the most toxic. Yo, this is like hands down the most toxic, crazy shit that's happened to me. I was living with someone, a partner, in a relationship. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and I got falsely accused of cheating false please keep in mind falsely fucking accused right <laughs> and this motherfucker without me knowing had a moving company come grab all my shit put it in a truck and have them call me and say yo we got all your shit in a truck where are we going and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like put my shit back in my house you know and they're like nah your husband said that you guys had stuff to move to miami i'm like yo I never, ever dealt with something like that. And then come to find out, that was all to just get me out the way so you could fuck another bitch. Where'd you move it? I still had my apartment in Miami. But uh, I, like, okay, okay. I kept my apartment. Thank God. <laughs> Thank yeah. God I kept it. But, hey, that's emph- toxic emphasis on the fuck another bitch part. Yeah. Like, that was all to, like, have, like, a, a storyline to make it not look bad that, like, he had a bitch flying in to fuck her. That man is devious. As that, fuck. that dude is... That's yeah. the most toxic shit ever. Ever. Like... Ever, but honestly, it was I'm so happy he did that. Oh my god, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I would, I would kiss his feet. Gracias, thank you. Cause that man is clever. Nah, <laughs> that is wild. He's clever and dirty. And dirty. Oh my god. Yo, imagine a moving company calling you that all your shits in a truck just so he can fuck another bitch. <laughs> just for some pussy. That's so crazy. So through it all, right? All of these things happen for a reason. All this bad shit that we question, like, why the fuck did this shit happen to me? It only, like you said, it builds character. It makes you better at the end of the day. Through these three situations, what's the silver lining that you found? So first, we'll go through dealing with the dark side of the industry. What's the silver lining you found through that? The purpose in it. I think I was, like, chosen, in a sense, I know it sounds fucked up because it's like, why do fucked up things happen to good people, right? But, like, I think there's nothing's in vain. So I think the purpose in that was to have the motivation and the inspiration to be a role model, sort of say, for younger girls to not make those same mistakes, you know? Like, I was picked to make sure that my little sister's good now and, like, anybody under me is good not making those mistakes, being hurt in certain ways, you know? So definitely that sure what do you feel like the silver lining is that you found in tearing your acl music like there's a catalyst to everything i think things have to fall apart that you're comfortable in for you to really get to where you're supposed to be right like god throws monkey wrenches at us think of everything that happened in your life like i'm sure sad boy radio came from something that like directed you to this you know like guided you to this so like for me in my life i think I've had to learn really in hard ways to move and transition. And I have to almost get pushed forward. You had to pivot. And, you know, I just want want to, like, let you in on the story of how I came up with these topics, right? Because you said a new direction in life. For you, you found a lot of ways to find a new direction in life. From sports to production to DJing. These were all different paths that you picked up throughout the course of life. So that's what I want to touch on. And three, what was the silver lining you found in people having the wrong perception of you as a female DJ? Honestly, like the the theme with all of this is resilience as fuck. Because it's like taking that and, and allowing it to be fuel to people perceive me the way. Not that I want them to see me for who I am. You know, um, and I, I wanted to be respected. I didn't want to be loved for a certain thing. I wanted to be respected first. Maybe that's a Capricorn thing. but And that's when it came to owning your allure. You do your homework, man. Give this man an A+. <laughs> Overall, how have these misfortunes shaped the DJ Pee-wee we see today? I, I'm like a Play-Doh. <laughs> how it shaped me, like, in every every single way. I'm still learning. I'm not even touching the surface. I know that there's more to come, but I'm uh, I'm trusting that it's all just making the story better, you know? 
Um, it's molded me to have a, a mental capacity that I don't think a lot of people have, like a discipline to life um, that I really did not have before. I wasn't structured and stuff before. I wasn't reading books. I wasn't doing a lot of like fucking simple. But uh, you got your life together. Yes. <laughs> It's not all the way together yet. I'm still like everyone is still learning, but I'm in a place now where I'm happy with the woman I see in the mirror. I appreciate you sliding. It was a really dope conversation and I hope you had a good time as well. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Like anybody in Chicago, I really fuck with, I gravitate towards. I don't know what it is about Chicago in general that like I'm like attracted to, but to be on your podcast, I heard you are running shit out here. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm honored. I appreciate it. That's going to be all, guys. Make sure you go ahead, check out DJ Pee Wee. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, subscribe. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.